From college to the pros, America's pastime in full force 24-7 on The Long Ball with Andrew Brown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on, welcome all, you, me, and everybody in between. You're listening to The Long Ball with Andrew Brown. I am Andrew Brown here for, I believe, episode number 15, and oh boy, what a journey this has been. Uh, you know, well over 10 great episodes full of great people, great conversations, and some great fun. I hope you've enjoyed it along with me, and for those who are just joining the show, it's a chance where I dive into the worlds of collegiate and professional baseball, and I do so talking with some of the great people in the sport. So great baseball writers, great players, great coaches, everyone from Dan McDonald, head coach for the University of Louisville baseball team, all the way to Burke Granger. He's a baseball mind extraordinaire, works for 2080 Baseball as the co-managing editor, and he knows everything there is to know about those who are making their way up to the next level. And you can go all the way. You can go to his website at 2080baseball.com as he works alongside Nick Folaris. Now, as we continue on with this show, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new segment that I will be throwing into the mix. And as, as I bring out my my history goggles in the world of baseball. So that'll be pretty fun. It's a very memorable day that I'll be bringing up. Also, with uh, with a certain call-up that's happened, uh, Tyler Payton was a former Dallas Center Grimes uh, baseball star as well as an Iowa Hawkeye pitching phenom. He has been in the Chicago Cubs minor leagues, and he was once with the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, a single-A affiliate. He was called up to the double-A Tennessee Smokies. And that is what prompted this conversation as I chat with Zach Bigley, broadcaster and media extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. We got the chance to chat all things about Tyler Payton and his journey, where he's been to, where he's been come from. And Zach and I talk about the Myrtle Beach Pelicans themselves, some interesting players to watch out for, players who will be in the MLB Futures game coming on up here. And of course... We have talks about who may make the major league roster in the not so distant future. So a lot of great conversation, and I will I will put a little bit of a disclaimer here, a little bit of a talking point. We recorded this earlier on in the week, and we did so prior to uh, big news that happened. Right after Tyler Payton was moved up to Double A, uh, shortly after he was sent back down to Myrtle Beach, the Single A affiliate. Nonetheless, the conversation that Zach and I had still applies in 99% of its of its entirety. The only difference is he's you know he, Tyler Payton's back down in the single A roster. Otherwise, it's still the same conversation, a great conversation to have, full with a lot of great information that you don't want to miss out on. But before we get to all that, ladies and gentlemen, again as I mentioned, I break out my history buff goggles and I dive into the world of baseball history. And I do so in the latest and actually first installment of a segment that I like to call This Week in Baseball's Past. From the ground balls to grand slams, from strikeouts to perfect games, it's time to take a look back in time on This Week in Baseball's Past. 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we kick off the inaugural edition of This Week in Baseball's Past, and we do so on a patriotic note. This is July 4th week after all, and what better way to honor America than with America's pastime? We go all the way back to the year July 4th, 1939. It was a day that will be remembered throughout baseball history in the minds of fans, players, and coaches alike. It'll stand the test of time because on that day, the New York Yankees retired the number of legendary Hall of Famer Lou Gehrig. It was a memorable and emotional ceremony filled with thousands of fans at Yankee Stadium and a lot of the great teammates that he once worked with, including Hall of Famer Babe Ruth and other Yankee greats like White Hoyt, Tony Lazari, Bob Musial, and coaching legend Joe McCarthy. Not only those within the confines of Yankee Stadium, but those across the nation witnessed an emotional day, not just because of the honoration of the man known as the Iron Horse, who put up 2,130 consecutive games played, broken only by fellow Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr. His 23 career Grand Slam home runs rank as an ongoing record, as well as an American League record that's still ongoing, with the most RBIs in the season, 184, which he set back in 1931. It wasn't just the honoration of his great achievements and what he meant to the game that will be remembered, but in fact, a certain speech that if everything else was forgotten, this would stand the test of time. It's a speech that will be echoed throughout baseball history long after this is gone and one's baseball fanatics can recite to a T. It came from the Iron Horse himself, and it sounded a lot like this. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. When you look around, wouldn't you consider it privilege to associate yourself with such a fine-looking man as a standing in uniform in this ballpark today? And there you have it, folks, another edition diving into all that is baseball history on this week in baseball's past. Once again, everybody, that was this week in baseball's past. Uh, great segment that I like to start up now because, again, I, I love what the history of baseball can do for the future. I love uh, talking about events, coaches, teams, and players who make a big impact in the game who sh- and who help shape the game. And Lou Gehrig did just that. You know, he's the Iron Man. He was the Iron Horse. He led this league in terms of how to be that that consistent hitter. And we'll be forever grateful for it, for sure. Uh, but again, well, as we get more sponsors into the mix and more more help, we'll be able to expand this segment a little bit, a little bit more, and it'll be pretty fun. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to the main event here. And again, it involves Tyler Payton. He's a former Dallas Center Grimes baseball star, uh, rose his way through the ranks, played in community college, and then came, and then became, I should say, a member of the University of Iowa baseball team, where he went on to really make his name known. He was a two-time Big Ten All-Tournament player honoree, 
he was a preseason All-American by D1Baseball.com, I believe his senior year, and he is a guy that will be remembered throughout history at Iowa Baseball. He was drafted by the Chicago Cubs, and that's where he currently rests right now. He was drafted by the Cubs in the 29th round of the 2016 MLB Draft. And interestingly enough, this is this was not his first stint at being drafted. The Cincinnati Reds drafted him in the 33rd round of the 2015 MLB Draft. And they tried to pull him away from Iowa City a year earlier. He chose to go back and he had a great season and now he is with the Chicago Cubs organization. And since he has, he has played a lot of great baseball from 2017 all the way until now, he's had three seasons, or excuse me, six seasons in total, three with the minor league ranks as he is a member of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans right now. And as we mentioned earlier, he was moved up. He was promoted to AA Tennessee Smokies organization, uh, but uh, wasn't the greatest outing out of him. Seven earned runs, six hits, and uh, he was unfortunately sent back down to Myrtle Beach. And I'm sure we'll see him back again, as I mentioned, back in the AA ranks soon enough, because uh, that's the kind of guy t- uh, Tyler is. Now, this goes through my love of just college baseball in general and uh, love of, again, watching people progress through the sport, watching people progress through their careers. Uh, you know, I, I, I am so excited at the, at the potential aspect of watching who, what could be a game-changing player in the major leagues one day. That's why that's why I'm thrilled with the minor leagues. That's why I'm thrilled with college baseball because I, you know, on one part you see a different level of baseball, but you also get to see the potential stars of tomorrow, and I think that's amazing. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to dive so much into Tyler Payton and his story and what he's doing. And again, I got the chance to catch up with a guy who knows him very well, a guy who knows uh, how his how his story has progressed, how his career has progressed, and that is Zach Bigley, the broadcaster, play-by-play extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. I got the chance to chat with him, all things Tyler Payton, and dive into what's going on with the Myrtle Beach Pelicans right now and who we could potentially see in this year's MLB Futures All-Star Game. So that's coming on up here in just a little bit. But first, we're going to start with Tyler Payton himself and kind of the person he is at the psychological level, and we're going to move on from there. But nonetheless, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Take a listen and enjoy. Welcome in, everybody, to The Long Ball here with Andrew Brown. In just a few minutes, I'll be joining up with Zach Bigley, the broadcaster and play-by-play extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, the single-A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. But first, again, we're talking on the man, the myth, the legend known as Tyler Payton. A little about the history of Tyler Payton here. Uh, He was a great baseball player for Dallas Center Grimes. His hometown is in Grimes, Iowa. He was a member of the All-State Super Team as a senior, the ISS Pitcher of the Year and captain of the INA Class 3A State Team. 
And, of course, more accolades, Pizza Ranch Player of the Game and the Class 3A State Championship game back in 2012. He went on to play for Iowa Central Community College, where he became a first-team all-region selection, posted an ERA of 1.69. He then moved on to play with the University of Iowa. And in his first year at Iowa, he had a pretty good outing. Played in 38 games and in the field with 37 starts at first base. And as a hitter, people don't realize he was just as prolific as a hitter as he was anything else. In his first year, 2014, he hit a 331 average. That was second best on the team as just a sophomore bringing in 28 RBIs. In the next season, man, an even bigger step up despite how big he already was. He was deemed a third-team All-American honoree by D1Baseball.com and as an NCWBAA utility player. That's the National College Baseball Writers Association utility player. He also was a first-team All-Big Ten selection at first base, and he was the semifinalist for the John Olrude 2A Player of the Year Award. He moved on into his finale season in 2016, and man, he did a lot. He was a Big Ten Tournament All-Team selection yet again. He had started 54 games as a hitter and hit 335 with 72 hits and 26 RBIs. Those 17 doubles were tied for the most in a single season in school history. Then he, of course, moved on into the minor league ranks. He was Iowa's first All-American by two outlets since 1990. And in the end, again, selected in the 29th round, 884th overall pick by the Chicago Cubs. And now we dive into the guy who knows him very well, who's broadcasted a lot of his games, had a lot, had a lot of chat, had a lot of conversations with Tyler. Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, broadcaster and play-by-play extraordinaire. Zach, it's great to have you on. Thanks again for joining. And, uh, you know, it's intriguing because the first thing that I'm going to talk about is his mindset. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy more humble yet more eager to win. I I guess I could akin it in really a similar fashion to Mike Trout, a guy who doesn't really speak much, maybe doesn't want the, the, the limelight a whole lot, but man, he can, he can rake. He's a great baseball player. And so is Tyler Payton. And uh, the first thing that I, the first thought that I had with Tyler when I interviewed him a while back was uh, the humility within him, and yet you can still, within that same breath, hear his eagerness to win. Uh, great mindset of a guy comes from a great uh, baseball background, but man, this is this is a kid that I think can go far, and uh, he has a great attitude to do it. Well, I think first of all, he was just a, a genuine guy, and I think that's what you realize ultimately. And I think that for someone who did not grow up in the Midwest and did not meet a ton of people where I was from, from the Midwest, he kind of fit that Midwest picture kind of guy who's just down to earth. And it doesn't matter if if he's a baseball player and somebody else is kind of idolizing him, he's going to treat everyone the same. And I think that was one of the first things that, that stood out to me about him. And, you know, from the personality wise, he's one of those guys that you'd love to have in the clubhouse. He's, he's always cracking jokes and smiling and laughing and, uh, you know, he's really good at poking fun at other guys and taking other guys heat. It's always fun on the buses and in, uh, in clubhouse to see kind of the way he interacts with his teammates. He's he's a guy who's really loved by a lot of guys, and uh, that's really the biggest thing outside of the baseball side of things that sticks out about Tyler. 
Once again, everybody, you're listening to The Long Ball with Andrew Brown. My guest is Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, broadcaster and play-by-play extraordinaire. If you want to know anything about the Myrtle Beach Pelicans and where they're headed, he's the guy to talk to. He's the guy that you want to get involved with. Uh, Now, as we continue to talk about Tyler Payton, just as great as he is physically, I think people underestimate his his skills on a mental level. He is the kind of kid in high school where he was maybe great he was great at a few things, obviously baseball, but really good at everything else. And that's because he could adapt, learn on the fly, and he he was just destined to figure out how he could perfect himself in whatever he did. And they say that half the battle in the major leagues is being smart. I mean, you have to be an intelligent baseball player. You have to know what's going on. You have to have a great baseball IQ to succeed. And honestly, with one conversation, and and I've had multiple conversations with him, but in one conversation alone, I remember walking out of there feeling, man, maybe I don't know the game as well as I thought I did. And I, I feel like I live, eat, and breathe the game. But Tyler has a great, great mental attitude towards the game and how to utilize what he knows to be productive. And I think that's that's the biggest key: how to utilize, how to utilize what you've learned and put it into an effective means of being a great ball player. And I and I think that's it. What what have you taken? What have you glimpsed away from Tyler and his ability to be skillful mentally? Yeah, he's a really smart kid, and that goes back to his time at Iowa. I mean, anytime you're a two-way player and you have the kind of success offensively and on the mound that he did, you have to know a lot about baseball, and uh, he certainly is a really, really smart guy, and I think that it really showed on the mound in the minor leagues, and and pitching at this level is not easy. There's no doubt about that, but in the first half last year, he was dominant. He was a midseason all-star for the Pelicans, and I think that a lot of people really showed their ability to process what Tyler was able to do on the mound by voting him as an all-star. Obviously, that was a huge thing for him, and it meant a lot for him. But uh, anytime you're able to have success here at this level, you have to have some sort of baseball IQ, and and Peyton definitely has that. Now, when you're drafted in the 29th round like he was, and he wasn't necessarily sure at first if he was drafted as a hitter or as a pitcher, and going into camp with that mindset and all these questions and being able to settle down and still have the success that he has, that's when when you really see the kind of person and the kind of player that, that Tyler is. I really like how you brought that two-way status up here because I, I think it's huge. And, and I know that not that in high school everybody plays both ways. And I know in college Tyler is f- or was far from the only one to play both ways. But, I mean, this is a guy who is in the running for the National Two-Way Player of the Year Award, which is similar to what Brandon McKay, you know, one of the, one of the best baseball players to ever play college ball and who currently is now pitching in the major league ranks for the Tampa Bay Rays. And so that association alone is great, and Tyler has earned it. Tyler has earned that and more. He talked about, when I chat with him last, about the different angles that he could view with, the different angles that, that he would view as a batter. Now he could kind of home that in as a pitcher. Do you feel like, in general, two-way players have that kind of an advantage on the mound? And, and for Tyler, does that give him an extra boost as he continues to go on through this uh, through his journey? And I think that's that's really interesting, and a lot of two-way guys will look at it in that way, but 
ultimately it comes down to to a scouting report obviously you know what what is going to what is the plan of attack with this individual hitter what are we going to do to get this guy out and and the thing is every guy is different um and i think that the funny thing is we've seen so many iowa guys in the carolina league this year i think it's five or six guys we're playing fayetteville right now and jake adams is their uh their cleanup hitter so i mean you know a lot of iowa guys and, and maybe that's helped tyler out a little bit <laughs> seeing guys he's familiar with but uh, i think that it's only an advantage to have hit at that high of a level if you're Tyler Payton uh, to be able to pitch and, and realize, you know, in what situations you're going to have to execute what pitches. And I think that he has been able to use that to his advantage. Talking Tyler Payton and more about the Myrtle Beach Pelicans with Zach Bigley, media relations extraordinaire, I should say broadcaster extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, their play-by-play announcer, Zach Obviously, one of the prerequisites coming in as a pitcher is you need to throw a good fastball, but you need to be able to use something else. And you need to have more of a well-rounded arsenal at this point, because even at the high school level, you can get hit pretty hard if you do not have something to back up the fastball. And Tyler has been developing a lot of pitches, but man, he's come out with some very good ones over the last couple years. Now again, you you have to come in with a with an arsenal. Obviously, that's more than one or more more than two, maybe even more than three. Not everyone can be Mariano Rivera for crying out loud. Uh, but and I I know a lot of pitchers may change up and develop their style, develop new pitches, drop off new pitches. But what has been the biggest? Uh, what what has been the most effective arsenal for Tyler Payton throughout his time in the minors? Yeah, he throws fastball, slider, changeup. Uh, his fastball will be. Uh, 93, 94 miles an hour, which is a, a good fastball out of the bullpen. And that slider is, is his biggest asset. And uh, he used that really well, especially in the first half last year when he had all that success. The biggest thing for him over the last two seasons that we've seen is his control. When his control is on, he is just about as dominant as anybody. In the second half where the ERA started to inflate in a little bit and all the numbers started to inflate in a negative way, the walks were the biggest thing for him. He was walking a lot of batters. And so when he has that control and he has command, especially of the fastball, that's when he is the best possible guy you can see. And there are so many guys at this level that have the fastball slider combination. And if you're able to locate it, like Tyler has when he's had success, you know, that's, that's the biggest key for him. So it's not necessarily about the, the depth of an arsenal. It's about your ability to command the pitches that you have. And especially, you, you know, you can, you can get by with just a fastball and a slider. And I think the, the Houston Astros, what they've done in their farm system has, has been a perfect example of that. And I think Peyton, when you look at just a three pitch mix, you know, he, he does that just about as well as anybody, um, in, in the bullpen. So when he's able to get ahead with that fastball and drop the slider off the table, uh, towards the end of that bats that's when he's he's at his best you know zach i think it's safe to say that a lot of minor league coordinators a lot of minor league personnel as much as they love to see you continue to do what what got you here in the first place and your positive attributes i think one of the biggest things that leads to a call-up like tyler payton had was how well you are improving upon your faults those that you came in here not doing well with and I think that to be to be promoted to whatever level for whatever duration, you, you've got to have done that in some way, shape, or form. You mentioned about the command and how the walks last year were at towards the end of the season got uh, got pretty high and really hurt his numbers. Has that been the biggest focal point for improvement for him? Is that basically what they may have seen in terms of 
the reason for promoting him? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's with most guys. You know, it's not only the walks, because the walks are obviously a big thing. That's probably one of the worst things you can do. There are pitchers who'd rather give up home runs than walk guys just because you're, you're taking uh, the chance away from yourself to get the guy out. At least when they're making contact, you're doing your job. So the walks are obviously a huge thing, but it's quality of strikes as well. And Peyton has has struggled at times, you know, leaving the ball elevated, and he's given up some home runs. But I think that the job as a reliever is so difficult because as a starting pitcher, you're able to have a chance to come back in that same game, and maybe you have a bad inning, but you can come back the next inning and you'll you'll face, you know, some, some other hitters and you get a second chance. As a reliever, sometimes you're only throwing an inning. Sometimes you're only throwing two innings. And so the margin for error is so small. And when you're coming in in late-game situations, it's even smaller. So, you know, with, with Peyton, it's really tough as a reliever, and he's realized that, that sometimes you make mistakes, but he's been able to bounce back really well. And I think that's the thing that's impressed me most about Peyton is his ability to bounce back when he makes those mistakes, maybe gives up a home run, maybe walks a couple guys. He's come back and, and really pitched strongly after that. Talking with Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He calls the games that Tyler Pate plays for for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, the Class A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. We're talking about uh, Tyler himself, the former Iowa Hawkeye and former Dallas Center Grimes High School star. One of the one of the things that we love about baseball here, Zach, is the ability for it to be an equalizer of sorts. You see teams and players go through big winning streaks, losing streaks, neutral times. And again, that does go for players just as much as it does teams. And one of the thing one thing that Tyler has had during his his tenure has been adversity. He's had some injury scares, some injury woes. He has come back and been successful post-injury. But, of course, all of that seems to come, you know, in baseball, it always seems to come in streaks. Has there ever been a time, or what What was the time that you can imagine, it, whether it be this year or last year, where you, where you sat there and thought, hey, Tyler Payton is a guy who can move up. He's the guy who is the real deal and can move up the ladder. Is there a certain time frame or, st- or stretch of games that all of that really stood out to you about Tyler Payton? Yeah, first half last year, he was dominant. Uh, it was it was really fun to watch. And, of course, he was voted an all-star, so uh, the, the league recognized his dominance. He had a sub-2 ERA. He was a really fun pitcher to watch with that good fastball slider mix. Um, but then the control started to leave him a little bit. He didn't finish well down the stretch, came back this year, and actually it was it was tough. In the first game of the season, he ended up giving two home runs up in his first appearance. So, uh, you know, you're starting to wonder, you know, is that control back? Well, we started to see the quality of strikes go up. The, the slider had a little bit more depth to it, and, and it, he pitched a lot better. There was a game in Wilmington this year that really stood out to me where it came out through a couple scoreless innings where he was really strong with his command. And, um, the fastball had good life to it. I think that game sticks out to me the most this year. Uh, that must have been in the late uh, late May. But you know, the, I think overall he's just a guy who, when he's out there, you know what you're getting a consistent guy uh, who's gonna who's gonna eat up some innings for you, and that's what you like to see. And that really embodies a guy who you like to have organizationally. And I think that that's why he's up in Double A Tennessee right now. I think they know that he is a guy who can go out there, he can eat innings, he can execute his pitches, and you know what you're getting out of a guy like Peyton. I think that's so valuable in an organization, especially like the Cubs, that's that's trying to rebuild right now. Um, 
from uh, from kind of losing a lot of big guys in terms of competing at the major league level with trades and stuff like that. So when you're in an organization that's trying to rebuild like this, having a guy like Peyton who can execute pitches, can pitch at any level, and he brings that kind of veteran presence, I think it's so valuable here in this organization. Once again, everybody, you are listening to The Long Ball with Andrew Brown. My guest, Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He gives you all the play-by-play action each and every game, and that includes ones with Tyler Payton in them. We continue to talk on the greatness that is Tyler Payton, and and I I bring up Tyler Payton because he has touched so many lives throughout this Des Moines area. This is Cubs country, and so why not bring it all together full circle you know, he was a Dallas Center Grimes high school star, went to Iowa, then moved on to the uh, major league ranks, I guess, in the minor league role as a member of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He has been called up, and, you know, we continue to talk, Zach, on why you mentioned you brought up a little bit of his command, yet no one thing can really push you into the next level. Uh, when you take a look at his overall landscape, his overall capabilities, uh, multiple reasons why he has gone up. What's what's the biggest package? What's the biggest set of circumstances that has vaulted Tyler Payton up to the AA level? Honestly, I think it just give him a chance. I mean, he has competed at the high level. He has shown that he has good at this level. Why not give him a chance in AA? I think that every guy who shows the kind of stuff that he did here at the high level deserves to be up in the double a level the tough thing with the cub system it's been really stagnant this year there haven't been a lot of transactions uh up and down in in the system so um and that's what you get in a lot of organizations that are really good at the major league level you're not going to have a lot of guys that go up and down because there isn't any movement at the top there aren't as many dominoes that can fall so to see tyler payton get a shot in double a i think it's awesome for him I'm, i'm so happy for a guy like tyler i think he deserves it and I think that he's just given a chance right now at the AA level to try and prove himself, and that is such an awesome thing for him. Now, Zach, I, I think it's safe to say that we're good acquaintances at this point, and I, I, you can go ahead and give me the cold, honest truth on this. You know, I'm in the I'm in Cubs territory. I'm a Braves fan in Cubs territory. It's all Cubs, go Cubs, go around here. And a lot of people, especially in the Dallas Center Grimes area, are, are excited to see – Tyler move up the ranks here now I know um, a shot at the major league level probably won't happen within the next year or two or even maybe even three but a shot at the at 3a ball now I've been told by sources that it'd be highly unlikely but from your vantage point I mean you, you you've got a better in here you you're more indoctrinated on a direct level with this what what are the chances? And again, give me the cold, honest truth here. What are the chances that we may able that we may be able to see Tyler Payton in an I Cubs uniform yet this year? I think there's always a chance. I think in the system that the Cubs have right now, especially with some of the question marks on the pitching staff at the major league level and some of the bullpen help that they need, there's always a chance with anybody. And I think as a player, you have to look at it like that. Because if you're not going out there every day and saying, I'm going to do my best to try and make it to the major leagues, what's the point? You know, <laughs> I think that, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that all these guys have to do. And I think no matter what, no matter what level you are, there's always a chance if you play well that you can make it up to the big leagues. I mean, look at a guy like David Bodie, who was uh, was in the Cubs system for a few years. He was a late 
draft selection just like Peyton was. He really wasn't much of a prospect until he exploded with Myrtle Beach back in 2016, ended up hitting over 330 for him. And, and this is a position player guy, so it's a little bit different. But he makes his way up the rungs. He gets to AAA, and then last season, he gets called up with a few short stints. He was up and down, ended up hitting arguably the biggest hit of the whole season for the Cubs last year in their walk-off grand slam against the uh, Washington Nationals on Sunday Night Baseball. And then look at him now. He's an everyday player with the Cubs this year. So you really never know, and that's the great thing about baseball. There is no tougher sport than baseball to try and work your way up the rungs and basketball of course there are only two rounds of the draft but most of those guys go straight to the team and start playing and same with the nfl most of those guys start playing right away with baseball you could be a first round draft selection and never see major league baseball so you just never know what can happen and that's kind of the magic about minor league baseball too is you're working your way up and you keep on going talking all things myrtle beach pelicans and Tyler Payton, former Dallas Center Grimes high school star and former Iowa Hawkeye baseball phenom. And we're doing so with Zach Bigley, the play-by-play guy, the media extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He joins me now. Now let's flash forward a little bit here, Zach, to his opening entrance into double-A ball. Now, a lot of hope was going into there, a lot of excitement. Still, uh, Tyler has a lot of talent, but the outing just was not what uh, what anybody would have wanted. Seven runs earned, six hits allowed, two homers blasted, and a strikeout-to-walk ratio of just .33. Not, again, not the outcome you would have wanted. Uh, certainly knowing what we know about Tyler Payton and what he's capable of. Uh, do you, what do you feel on this? What was your, what was your first initial thought on, on this outing for Tyler Payton? Is it something to be worried about, or is it just simply growing pains within the sport? It's part of the grown pains. I mean, baseball is the most humbling sport you can find. It's a, a game of failure, to, to name the cliche, but you know, any, everybody's going to go through adversity. It's just part of that to, to keep on grinding away, and it's the kind of thing that you want to see. Sometimes it's even better for, for pitchers especially to face that adversity, and it's the way they come back with it. So at the end of the day, Tyler Payton is up in double-A, and he moves up another rung, and that's what you want to keep seeing. No matter what the numbers are, the organization likes what he's done enough to, to move him up the ladder, and that's the, the biggest thing you have to take away at the end of the day because if you get too locked in on the numbers and, well, I threw this pitch and this instance and, and I should have thrown that, well, that's not going to get you where you need to be. Every day going out there competing and, uh, and at the end of the day moving up, that's what it's all about. Andrew Brown here on the long ball with Andrew Brown. My guest is the one and only Zach Bigley of Myrtle Beach. He is their broadcaster, their play-by-play extraordinaire. And now, Zach, I want to switch things a little bit. You talked about the number of Hawkeyes in your league alone where the Myrtle Beach Pelicans sit. But I I want to take that and I want to gauge that just a little bit here. Uh, from your perspective and from around the league, what you've heard, and, and maybe just let, we can also add in outside, and we can also kind of do the entire minor league system as well. But what what's what have you gauged for the Iowa Hawkeyes? What's the word around the Iowa Hawkeyes and teams drafting out of the University of Iowa? We've seen in the last six years, ever since uh, head coach Rick Keller has been a part of the program, uh, he, they, he has taken them to extreme heights. I mean, after all, and, and I believe this to be true, my sources check out, it seems like, and I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure on this, that 
in the last six years, ever since Rick Heller has been the head coach at the University of Iowa for their baseball program, Iowa has had the most amount of baseball draft picks than in any other point, than any other six-year period in Iowa baseball history. That's a big deal. And again, going back to my question here, with all of that wrapped up into one, with all the amount of draft picks coming out of Iowa, what's been the talk of the town around the league for you about about Iowa, the University of Iowa, and the baseball program and and how teams draft out of the University of Iowa? It's funny because I was talking with Tyler Payton actually about a month ago about that, how on the national scale, you don't think of Iowa baseball as a powerhouse uh, when it comes to you know some of the Vanderbilts and, and Virginias and Oregon States and UCLA's and kind of the big behemoths of college baseball. But when you look at the minor league ranks, you constantly see Iowa Hawkeyes popping up. I mean, we've seen more Iowa Hawkeyes in the Carolina League this year than any other college. Almost, it seems like there's one on every team. So when you look at the national scale, sometimes it's not always about your performance on the field and of course Iowa Hawkeye fans want to see wins and they want to see you know births into the postseason and all that but Iowa has done such a good job so it seems from our perspective anyway from the outside of turning these guys into professional baseball players and a lot of them have a lot of success you look at a guy like Jake Adams who only played one season in Iowa he had 29 home runs and now he's been a monster he's second in the league in home runs this year uh, with 11 he's hit three against Myrtle Beach (laughs) so he's had his way that's for sure and it's been really impressive to see some of these Iowa guys uh, who maybe didn't have the most eye-popping numbers in the greatest seasons ever They've turned into very professional baseball players and good baseball players, and that, that's another thing. It is, doesn't always go back to the numbers and what they put up. It's about the kind of players they are and sometimes their coachability. And I think that from everything that we've seen and from talking with Tyler about it, those are the kind of guys that come out of Iowa, the ones who are easy to coach and very malleable and, and learn how to play baseball. And you know what? As you move up the ranks, no matter what college or university you're from, you got to start somewhere. And uh, as you very well know, uh, this, one of the starts includes the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. That's a starting point here for the Chicago Cubs organization. And you've you now, Zach, you've seen a lot of players come and go. You've seen players develop. And again, I, I'm always excited to see to to watch those who I may be saying in an MLB uniform in the future. It's always exciting to me. It's it, it, Just the thought is exciting itself. And so the fact that I get to see these youngsters, get to see these guys make their way. And again, I'm a huge fan of the journeys that it takes throughout sports to get to the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal right now, obviously, be the major league ranks. When, uh, when you take a look, uh, other than Tyler Payton within this, Within this roster, uh, who are some of the players that that maybe those who are not affiliated with the Cubs, or maybe not Cubs fans, but or or maybe they are Cubs fans, just not really in depth with the minor league system. Who are a few players that that they should keep an eye on, that they should be ready for uh, come the next two, three, even five years? Well, I mean, we've been really lucky here in Myrtle Beach. We have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, great prospects with with great futures in this game. Miguel Amaya is a guy who was actually just announced to the uh, Sirius XM All-Star Futures game. It's his second year. He's the number two overall prospect in the Cubs organization. He's been great behind the plate. He's second in all minor league baseball with 30 cop stealings this year. Um, and it's funny, the, the timing of this, the Pelicans actually just went off last night. They had 21 hits. It was, it was a crazy 12-6 win over Fayetteville, and we saw a guy like DJ Wilson 
was a fourth-round selection back in 2015 and has scuffled a little bit on the offensive side, still trying to figure that out, but such a toolsy player that the Cubs fans were really excited for when he was drafted. He had two home runs yesterday. He's starting to figure things out offensively. And I think one of the bigger names that the Pelicans have right now is Aramis Ottoman, who was the number one overall prospect for the Cubs uh, last season. And he's starting to figure things out, too. He had his fifth home run last night, which is a career high for him. And uh, still just... 20 years old and still at the high A level, and, and he's a very solid defensive shortstop, too. So, I mean, you can really go on and on. There aren't many guys who are very highly rated, but these guys are very impressive, and some of them are very young, and, and they have a lot of time to develop still. And I think one guy that just graduated from Myrtle Beach up to Tennessee is Alex Lang, who was a first round selection back in 2017 out of LSU. He was so much fun to watch, a guy you really root for, one of the nicer nicer guys you'll find uh, in baseball. So there are so many guys that have been fun to watch for the Pelicans this year and definitely a lot of guys to watch out for in Chicago in a few years. All right, everybody, we start to wind things down with Zach Bigley, the broadcaster extraordinaire for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, the Class A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. We've been talking Tyler Payton. We've been talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes and, of course, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Now we start to wrap things up, and as we do here, Zach, I want to talk about scouting. Now, in in the case of Tyler Payton, the individual who scouted him, you know, Tyler was his last recruit, so to speak. And uh, there was a story I talked with his his father, Byron, a while back, and he he told me how a lot of the – everybody who was recruited by this individual got T-shirts. And when you look across the landscape, uh, the minor league landscape for the Cubs, man, there are a lot of potent players that once were scouted by this individual and even some major league stars as well. So – and that's just one individual. So you can – it really goes to show what you were talking about earlier, how the Cubs have really put an emphasis in doing it right from the ground up, and that includes the scouting side of things. Uh, you know, I'm a Braves fan, so I might jostle at 2A, 2B, but you know, aside from the Dodgers, I may say that the Cubs are right up there, right up there second, if not battling alongside the Dodgers themselves in terms of the best minor league system, the best scouts in, the, in Major League Baseball. Uh, take me through your thoughts on the importance of scouting and, and how big of emphasis it has been for the Chicago Cubs and, and ultimately the the fruit that it has yielded. Yeah, I mean, scouting is so important. And I think that amateur scouting, which is, you know, what you're talking about, you know, going out and, and talking to these players and, and building relationships with them and making them feel comfortable, that's so important. And I think I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's something that's a little bit looked over when it comes to, to to looking at these players and how they come to the organization because I think a lot of people from the outside and I think even me when I was growing up and looking at this is you think about it well you see the guy's highlights and you draft him it's so much more than that you have scouts who pour in hours of flights and, and driving time and staying in hotels and building relationships with these guys to to say hey we really like you I'm going to fight for you, and I think that you know this is a really good opportunity for us. And I think that when you look at a guy like Tyler, somebody who was drafted in the 29th round, not somebody who's really going to be an eye-popping guy who's going to stick out to you as, as someone that you think is going to be a high-round draft selection, when you have a scout that's able to build that relationship with Tyler and say – you know, I, I think I think that we can take you in this low round, and we're getting a high value pick. 
that's the biggest thing. It's getting those draft steals, getting those guys in the late round selections that you think you can turn into big leaguers. And I think that Tyler really embodies that just because of his makeup and, and of of his attitude and the way he carries himself. And I think the Chicago Cubs do a wonderful job of that above all else. You know, I've I've worked in the, the Cubs system now for two years and it's unreal how great of guys they are. And I think the Cubs really put a lot of emphasis on that, on not only drafting talent, but getting guys who would mesh well in the clubhouse. And Tyler obviously is an embodiment of that. And I think that that is one of the biggest things with the, that the Cubs look at is clubhouse-based guys. And it's great. And there you go, everybody. You've heard him, the one, the only, Zach Bigley, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans play-by-play announcer. Again, the Pelicans are a Class A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Zach, always a pleasure. You know, every time I interview someone for the first time, it's it's very memorable. I always enjoy it. But I got to say, you're right up there with the best of the best, if not the best interview I've had for the first time. So, again, thank you so very much for joining us, uh, talking about Tyler Payton, bringing us, some in, bringing us some intrigue within the Myrtle Beach Pelicans organization. And also, thanks for talking some Iowa Hawkeye baseball with me. You know, I got to get you on uh, further on as we go down the road. I got to talk to you more, and I look forward to many more conversations. Absolutely, yeah. And go, go Hawkeyes. See what the, the Hawkeyes can put up this next year on the baseball field. Looking forward to it. Well, <laughs> there's no doubt. You and me both here, Zach. We'll be looking forward to it. There he goes, everybody. Zach Bigley. You can catch him out as the voice of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, the Class A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Catch him every game, every time the Myrtle Beach Pelicans take the field. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that will bid you adieu. That'll bid me adieu. That'll bid everybody adieu for this show. Uh, it's been great. Again, a big thank you to Zach himself for taking the time and chatting all things uh, Tyler Payton, Iowa Hawkeyes, and Myrtle Beach Pelicans, as well as the Chicago Cubs with me. Uh, looking forward to many more conversations with him in the future, so stay tuned. If you want to hear more from him, more about the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, go ahead and give a shout-out on the Twitter page, at the Long Ball one Give me a shout, give me a message, and I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to talk all things, anything you want to, really. It really doesn't have to involve baseball at all. Just go ahead and give me a chat, give me a shout-out, what you want to say, and anybody you'd like me to talk to, I'd love to go ahead and, and interview them as well. Uh, once again, everybody, uh, again, i got to give a big thank you to you for listening in as well. Uh, please continue to share, like, spread the word. It really means a lot to me. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who spread the word. Last uh, last episode that I hosted the, uh, that I hosted, uh, the Sports Fanatics on 1460 KXNO, thanks for spreading the word on that. I really appreciate it. And uh, continue to spread the word, especially for this. Uh, again, we got to give love to Tyler Payton. Got to continue to help him grow as well as much as we can. Uh, with that, I, I want to say please be on the lookout still this week. I know it's Friday yet, but uh, coming up later the Friday, if not Saturday morning, I'll be dishing out another bonus episode. And that's because I needed to talk NBA basketball. And the best person I know to do that is Jeff Turn, host of Overtime on ESPN 99.1 FM in Sioux Falls. Great guy, a mentor of mine, a 
great friend of mine and a guy I, I always turn to for for any questions, anything, and especially NBA. You know, he he's a guy that uh, calls uh, G League games, goes up to Canada every so often to call uh, G League All Star games. So it, it's very fun. It's great to talk with him. I'll be having an episode about the NBA offseason with him and everything involved with that. So please be on the lookout uh, please be, for that coming up here later on in this Friday edition. With that, I swear I'm getting on out of here, guys. I am cutting a rug, getting on getting on out, enjoying my 4th of July weekend. I, I thank you so very much for listening in. A big thank you to, to Zach Bigley of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans for joining in and all the conversation he brought to the table. And, of course, a big thank you to you listening in. It's just not the same without you guys. It's why I do it. It's why I enjoy it. So thanks again for for all your comments. Continue to give your comments. I want to hear them. I want to hear what you want to talk about. And if you want to join the show, please go ahead and message me as well. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say sayonara for the last time in this episode. And I'm going to hit the road. And as they say in the showbiz world, until next time, stay safe.